Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Eccentric, the makers of the K-Box and the new K-Pulley. Guys, flywheel training's really grown in popularity of late, and although it's something that's been around for a while, the simple reason that it's grown in popularity is because it works. We've been lucky to have a K-Box in our weight room for the past three years, and we've seen some really great things when it comes to improving the athlete's ability to change direction, and then looking at our return to play protocols with different lower body injuries with the student athletes. The love-hate relationship that everyone has with the K-Box is now just going to grow more with the addition of the K-Pulley. The ability to do standing presses, pulls, rip-throughs, and knee drive exercises is just going to be another arsenal to our training and another addition to the love-hate relationship that our student-athletes have with the awesome tools that come from Eccentric. Go ahead and hop over to Eccentric.com today to check out what they have. Guys, I can't recommend it enough, and I guarantee you won't be disappointed not just with the products, but with the awesome customer service that Eccentric provides. Hey, everybody. If you enjoy the podcast and the content that it provides, make sure you hop over and check out the all-new Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is a combination of the CVA SPS community and the Rugby Strength Coach community, bringing you what is sure to be the Internet's leading resource for continuing education for strength and conditioning professionals. Combining these two resources has allowed us to bring some of the best content from some of the best minds in the world together for your one-stop shop to better improve the continuing education for not just yourself, but your entire staff. Bringing together all of the lectures from the Rugby Strength Coach community, along with the lectures exclusively done for the Central Virginia Sport Performance community, and all the lectures performed at the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar, make this an absolute must for performance coaches around the world. The world-class lectures at the Strength Coach Network are not all that you'll see as well. The discussion in the forums and the support and the career guidance from some of the top practitioners in the world, from people all over the world, makes this an absolute must and a great place for you to network, learn, and grow as a performance professional. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com and use the code CVASPS, that's C-V-A-S-P-S, to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. We're sure you're going to find great value in the Strength Coach Network and are really excited to have you involved. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com and use the code CVASPS to check it out today. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, we have an absolutely killer talk. I have the opportunity to sit down and talk about everything jump training with Daniel Back. Guys, after a quick little rundown of how Daniel got down there to Texas, he's going to get right into talking about how they're evaluating the athletes that they get to work with and really dive into some of the rabbit holes of the, the areas that they have to work around when it comes to the schedules and, and work rates and other training programs that a lot of these athletes go through. Um, and then we get right into a really awesome and in-depth look into a specific case study that Daniel shares with us with uh, around one of the long jumpers that he worked with. And he dives into like things that they saw that worked, things that didn't work, and, uh, and some some different things that may uh, may surprise people that, that were more detrimental than positive when it came to uh, increasing speed and jumping ability. Guys, this is really an awesome talk. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Daniel, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Yeah, what's up, Jay? Glad to be here. Awesome, man. Well, listen, hey, how about we give people a really quick Spark Notes, Cliff Notes version of where you are, uh, what you're uh, what you're getting into, and what you got going on up there? 
Okay, so uh, I'm originally from uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and uh, I got into training at a young age. I was uh, got pretty obsessed with basketball when I was uh, about 12 years old and started jump training when I was 13. Uh, had a lot of success, ended up being kind of known as a guy who could jump in basketball. Um, and, and also, yeah, I got very kind of hooked on that training process as a teenager, so decided I want to you know, hopefully do that for, for a career. Uh, ended up playing a, a year of D3 college basketball and then um, ended up uh, deciding not to keep playing because I had to get a job. I was broke. Um, but then I started training people, started training my own vertical again and got got uh, had some success and kind of turned into a, a sort of like the jump guy on campus at my school and um kind of be, yeah, became known for, for jumping and jump training and um, got an exercise science degree uh, after college, spent a year uh, working with a, a high school, uh, working with the track team and the basketball team doing like uh, strength training and then also coaching high jump. Um, and then following that, I got a job in Austin, Texas. Uh, I'm at a place called Acceleration Sports Performance Lab. And so I moved down here in uh, June of 2014 and I've been doing that ever since. Um, Acceleration is it's um, known for uh, speed technique training. That's kind of our niche. Uh, so we obviously being in Texas train a lot of uh, a lot of football players, but then also um, athletes in all sports, um, I'd say. For me, uh, football, track, volleyball, and basketball are probably my biggest ones since I have um, the jump jump training background. I sort of handle a lot of the volleyball and basketball, um, but then also uh, have kind of become the track guy uh, at, at Acceleration. Um, having having uh, started training some track athletes back in college, got very interested in it, and it kind of turned into my favorite sport to train people for just because it's uh, – pure athletic development. So, so yeah, I'm in the private sector down here and generally working with athletes who are doing a lot of, a lot of workouts at school or, um, have, you know, like a very busy training schedule away from me training and practice. And so oftentimes not getting to have like total control over, over the athlete, but, um, trying to fill in the gaps, um, and try to kind of steer them in the right direction direction and have a lot of influence uh on their on their athletic trajectory with um you know minimal time spent actually with them you know a lot of my people i'll see once a week sometimes it's you know a couple times a month only uh but yeah trying to have an influence in that that limited time so that's kind of the the context i'm in right now um and then also i've got my website which i started in college back when i was doing all the jump training and that has kind of evolved over time into a uh, having a decent following and, um, sharing a lot of information on there, probably more information than anybody cares to actually read. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's grown into a, a pretty decent, uh, website there too. So that's, that's me. That's, uh, jump science. Yeah. And the jump science Instagram page does put out a lot of really good stuff for coaches to take a look at and make sure that, you know, you're, you're looking at things in really a way that's going to transfer. Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. I'm very, very analytical and very kind of skeptical, I guess you could say. So um, 
uh, kind of <laughs> try to keep it real in terms of like, you know, we have a ton of ideas, but that, you know, sometimes like the ideas don't necessarily all work. So we should, you know, I try to have a very, uh, yeah, very analytical approach to saying, you know, why would this work? Why, why doesn't this work? And what's the best way to do things? And, uh, so yeah, it's generally pretty good, uh, you know, thought stimulating stuff I'm putting out, I think. No, completely. I, I love all the stuff you guys have that you're putting out through there, but you said something that, you know, in the middle there when you were talking about how you handle your athletes that is really intriguing to me when you're talking about how, you know, you're, you're piggybacking off what they're doing with their other coaches, and with some of them you're seeing them twice a month. So let's let's talk about how you evaluate and break down what you're going to do with these uh, young men and women that you get the opportunity to coach. Um, yeah, so, yeah, they come in and it's, it's usually, um, usually, yeah, they have a lot of other things going on and they're coming in cause they have probably heard some good things about the training facility. And then, um, they did a, you know, everybody does a consultation with the owner before they start and, and he'll sell them, <laughs> he'll sell them on, uh, you know, speed technique or, you know, like some, some little thing that's gonna, um, you know, change their career. And, and he's pretty good at that. <laughs> um, but then they, they come in and then it's like, okay, well, I'm supposed to, you know, try to, um, live up to that expectation that he, that he puts in their head. Um, and it's not, not always easy. So yeah, like what, what like I said, that we're known for the speed technique, um, but a lot of times, I mean, you got a, let's say you got an eighth grader coming in. It's like, you know, fine tuning his first step is priority number one, right? Um, you know, probably power development and injury prevention and things like that are probably more of a, more of a priority. So I, I have gotten away from like just saying, oh, this, you know, acceleration, we work on speed technique. That's what we do. Um, instead I come in and I say, okay, what's the big picture that we have going on. So yeah, those first couple uh, sessions that I spend with somebody, I'm asking tons of questions and trying to find out, you know, what is like all their physical activity they have going on? Um, you know, do we think that that is uh, a reasonable amount of physical activity? Is this going to be, is all of this as a whole going to take them in the right direction? Uh, do we need to try to make some changes? Um, I ask them about what they're eating, you know, what their lifestyle is like, these things like that. And so it's, it's almost like a half halfway consultation kind of role. Um, and I, yeah, so I, I've gotten better over time at just being like, just being really honest and blunt with people where, you know, if I got a volleyball player coming in, uh, and I say volleyball cause they're notorious here for just being really, really overworked. Um, they're doing a daily workout at school with their team. Um, they're doing a, a, a daily practice uh, after school with the team um, during school season. Then when you get out of school season, they still have a daily workout with the team at school. Uh, plus they're doing club practice. Plus they're doing private lessons. Um, the, the club practice may involve like some type of brutal conditioning or something. Uh, and then they got tournaments on the weekends. So, um, yeah, I try to just look at like, what's the big picture? Is this going to allow you to progress? And then, yeah, we try to try to make, you know, whatever changes I can make uh, a little bit at a time. Some people listen to me more than others, but, uh, 
yeah, so it's it's looking at that big picture and then trying to fill in the gaps. So yeah, in the case of the volleyball player, it's pretty much always, okay, you need to get stronger. We need to build up some structure to prevent injury. Um, so here's, you know, this set of exercises that we're going to be doing pretty much every time you come in, as long as you're not, you know, don't have like a tournament the next day or something. Um, and that's oftentimes the focus with them. Uh, obviously a lot of like, you know, knee pain in volleyball. So we got to address, address like quadriceps strengths and strengths and things like that. So, uh, in the case of a football player, they have a lot of, a lot of lifting going on already. And, uh, so, and then you're trying to get them some more speed exposure to try to like balance out the lifting. Um, so then, yeah, we're hitting the track, we're running, you know, fast forties, fast sixties, things like that. Um, and then also, uh, with them working on technique, cause yeah, you get the, the team sport athlete with, um, some bad team sport habits as far as sprinting is concerned. And that's where, yeah, trying to make some changes in those first couple steps can actually be pretty influential. Um, as well as working on their top speed mechanics where it's something that they haven't done a whole lot of. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it varies a lot depending on the person. Oh, it's, it's all one-on-one training. So that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm able to do this type of, uh, um, evaluation and, you know, high quality, uh, uh, training with each one. Um, so yeah, it looks a lot different depending on the athlete, but yeah, it's basically, uh, look at the big picture and try to address everything we can address there um, rather than just like you're here for 60 minutes let's do a, a good workout um, you know it's it's a little bit more a little bit more involved than that um yeah <laughs> um yeah one 100 because you're talking about two groups of athletes who tend to be exceptionally overworked so building those results that you know are being sold to them has really got to be a challenge when it comes to looking at the entire program and, and the volumes that you're that you're incorporating. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, and again, that's where, uh, you know, when I first came in, I kind of just I was new, the new guy there, and I kind of felt this pressure of like, man, what am I supposed to do with this situation? Um, but over time, I've kind of grown to the point where, yeah, just like honesty is my calling card, <laughs> you know, it, like early on, I'll tell people like, look, with this workload, uh, you're not going to get faster like the next couple months, you know, <laughs> um, that doesn't mean we can't work on anything and can't improve anything. But like, yeah, if you're squatting at school, uh, you know, three times a week and then you're doing all this punishment work, like I'm talking about football players. Um, so they have like a really, uh, the, the school that we're, most of our kids are from like this, this area. Um, they have a great football program, but it's like, you know, super discipline, super, um, uh, difficult training in the off season where, yeah, it's like, you know, they do one warm up exercise wrong or something. It's like, okay, we're, we got to go do, uh, you know, 50 squat jumpers or something, you know, it's like really difficult conditioning a lot of times or, or like punishment work. So yeah, it's like, if you're doing all this lifting, all this punishment work, like you're not going to get fat. You're not going to improve your 40 during this time. And I'll just tell them that um, instead of like, yeah, well, well, okay, we're just going to work on this one little detail in your first step and, uh, and just, you know, it'll, it'll make you faster and just not, not be honest with them about the timing. So yeah, try to cast that vision for like, okay, when you come around to spring ball, which is like starting right now, actually, uh, when you come around to spring ball and they start like doing more football 
and a little bit less brutal strength training and they're not punishing you so much, that's a time where we might be able to see your speed increase. Um, or in the summer where you got three workouts a week and they're hard workouts, uh, but at least it's only three per week, you know? Uh, um, yeah, just try to just give them a realistic expectation and, uh, yeah, kind of cast that vision for this is, this is how things are going to go. It's not going to be just, uh, easy. You know, you come in this week, you're faster the next week, <laughs> you know, that, that kind of scenario. Um, so yeah, the honesty is a real big thing there, I think. Yeah, totally. But you have had that track record of success when it comes to improving speed and power outputs in the jump events as well. Yes, yes. Uh, I'd say acceleration as a whole has a very good reputation. Um, yeah, it's not it's not always dramatic improvement in the first couple weeks or whatever, but like over time, you can definitely see sort of the you know the separation between where an athlete would have been and where they do end up. And uh, yeah, definitely in track, that's that's very relevant. You know, track is a, a big uh, sport where you kind of invest for a while to try to get those uh, changes over time. Uh, um, yeah, you know, you don't get a sprinter, a sprinter, or a who comes in and expects to PR the next few weeks, right? It's uh, it's like we're looking ahead at next season and trying to trying to get better there. So um, yeah, track is definitely definitely a sport where. Uh, that's probably our second biggest sport behind football and have definitely had some good success there. Yep. So then let's down the, run down the rabbit hole of some things that you have had some good success with. What are some things that Daniel has seen down there in Texas that, I mean, really are working and, and what are some examples that you could share for us? So, yeah, I'd like to talk about this long jumper that I trained. Um, so he came in, as a, he was at the end of his high school junior year. So he was, uh, just a, a few weeks removed from track season. He had, uh, finished a few weeks earlier and he had, so he had been pretty much resting for like a few weeks. And, uh, so he comes in pretty, pretty fresh and, uh, his first day or, or let's see. So his previous season, he had done, uh, 21, 10 in the long jump it was his PR. And, uh, I think he was more regularly like in the 20 foot range. Um, so he comes in and so I'm looking at his uh, maximum velocity as a, as a measure that I was very interested in. Um, and then like we timed his 40 and we did you know, some jumps to kind of look at power. So he was his first day, he did 9.4 meters per second in tennis shoes. Um, and then I think he had like a fairly average vertical jump uh, is 26 and a half. Um, so I would say, you know, his top speed was indicative of, uh, that, you know, it was clear he was a track athlete, right? Like that was, that was his strongest thing. Um, yeah, 9.4 meters per second in tennis shoes, you know, it'd probably be 9.7 in spikes, which, uh, would translate to maybe like an 11, five in a hundred something like that. Um, he only had one sprint time the previous season, which was actually a 25 and a 200. I guess it was in like cold and rain. So, uh, kind of, kind of had some excuses there, but yeah, I saw him run the 9.4 meters per second on a flying 20. And I was like, he's definitely faster than a, a 25 and a 200. Um, so he comes in, so yeah, it's pretty fresh. And so we get him going on basically some short sprints. He had like a, he had like a 200, like a four by two, four by four kind of background and then long, high and triple jump. 
And uh, so he hadn't done a lot of like actual speed training, mostly conditioning. So I got him going on short sprints, like 60 meters or less uh, twice a week. And then, and then just some basic strength training, which he had never done, uh, which, you know, was kind of made sense then that his, his power level, like his broad jump, his vertical jump were nothing special. Um, Cause yeah, he hadn't done any strength training. So that was, that kind of made sense. So uh, within two weeks, I think it was like 14 days after his first workout, he went 10 meters per second on a flying 20 in spikes. So he jumped up right away to, to being significantly faster. So yeah, 10 meters per second, you're looking at like maybe an 11, one in a hundred, you know? So now we're talking about like a pretty legit high school sprinter. Um, but he didn't even have that, that sprint background. Um, so that was really good. So I'd say the first thing there is like, yeah, you have a guy who's track athlete, very top speed dominant, um, uh, very elastic, not especially strong. Um, when you add some good strength training into that, uh, definitely saw some, some really good short term results, um, which, which is good. And we're, and we're not talking about, uh, you know, specific speed strength training either. We're talking like deep squat lunges and, and RDLs, right? Like those are kind of the, the fundamental things I had them started on. So yeah, that would be the first thing is like, you know, general strength training can work really well. Um, even in, yeah, you know, top speed is supposed to be like that ultimate challenge where you need to have the specific strength. But uh, at least, you know, in his case where he was a, a complete newbie to strength training, uh, he got a great, a great response to that right away. Um, and that is something, you know, that's that's obviously a big topic that we could talk about for hours. Um, and that's something I would say I, I see somewhat consistently in the sense that there is yes that you know general strength training can work um but there's definitely we have to appreciate like the huge separation between you know deep squats and top speed sprinting um another example like i had okay so i've got a football player who's a, a he's a senior right now so he's like about to leave for college and he historically has been like over strength trained um he's a receiver um, but you know, still did the, like all the football lifting since, since he's been in seventh grade. Right. Um, so he historically has been like quite strong, but not, not especially fast. Um, he, let's see, I think at his best, he, he was hang cleaning 245 for six and he weighs, uh, probably at most he weighed like 165. So we're talking one and a half times body weight cleaning, you know, for six reps, uh, as a high schooler. So very strong, but then generally speaking, going to be about, uh, like around five flat on a 40, um, on, on a video time. So it'd be more like a four, eight hand time. So not, not a slow person, not a slow receiver, but, uh, not, not especially fast. And, uh, so after his senior season, he, he wasn't really sure what he was going to do. He ended up getting a scholarship offered to Houston Baptist, but uh, to play football, but he decided he's going to go to A&M instead. So we're trying to see if he can walk on, um, but he'd obviously have to get a lot faster. So anyway, following his senior football season, uh, didn't really lift weights for a while because I had kind of talked to him about how he was very strong, but not especially fast. And so he was, 
kind of not working out a whole lot. Um, and then we ended up getting him, you know, starting going on like speed training and running again, kind of training like a track athlete to work on the speed and, and it really wasn't lifting weights much at all. And then, um, so he, he had kind of lost some speed over like Christmas break and stuff, but he got back to a point where he was pretty much as fast as he'd ever been, but he was not nearly as strong. Um, we did a hand clean. He was like barely able to get 215. So we're talking like, you know, for a max, maybe like 50, 50 or 60 pounds off of his hand clean uh, compared to when, when he was his best. But he was uh, as fast as he'd, as, as he'd ever been. So you can yeah, sort of see that separation between strength and even a separation between power and a clean. You know, power is or a clean is uh, supposed to be like this fast lift where we're going to get better transfer. Um, but even in, even with the clean, like you can see that, the, you know, power at that speed is not the same thing as uh, power in a sprint. So, yeah, I think we have to respect that separation between between even between power uh, in the weight room and athleticism on the field. So with this kid, uh, just last week, I said, okay, we're going to bring back in some squats and, you know, see what we get now. Because, yeah, he was like, you know, compared to where he had been, he was very weak. So last week we did three sets of six squats, uh, deep, deep squats. Um, and he got a, a really good response to it. Three days later, he texts me. He says, dude, my bounce is insane right now. Now. So he's at the, he's playing basketball and he's, uh, he's five foot eight and he's, I guess he's like back rimming dunks. He's jumping higher than he's ever jumped in his life. So he gets this dramatic response to these three sets of squats. Um, so then he came in on Monday and just within his warm up, we did some bounds for distance and he was, you know, bounding farther than ever bounded. Right. So it's, it's clear that like this power has shown up and he's, he's, uh, He's yeah, jumping really well, jumping and bounding really well. Uh, so we test his 10-yard sprint, and he's noticeably slower than the previous week. So even there, you see a separation between, like, jumping power and speed, at least in his case. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's, you know, it's two sides of the coin. I think, yes, general strength training works if you manage it correctly, but at the same time, you got to respect the separation between speed and other forms of, of athleticism and power and strength. Um, you know, speed is kind of its own realm. Even with, yeah, with him, even within 10 yards, not even top speed we're talking, even within 10 yards, he was measurably slower consistently uh, after doing three sets of squats last week. So, yeah, just some interesting examples there. Yes. And to go full circle with this, you do a great job on social media of kind of diving down each of those rabbit holes. Yeah. I try to share examples like that. Um, where, yeah, so we're not, we're not, I'm not trying to make rules for people where it's like, look, this is what works. This is what doesn't, this is exactly what's going to happen. But just more like, uh, just consider the, consider the possibility that, um, this could make somebody slower or consider the possibility that, that even though this is a deep squat and it's very general strength training, it could make somebody way faster. Um, and then, yeah, just think critically and take measurements as you, you go and let those measurements guide you. Right. Um, yeah. Don't just, okay. Yeah. We're just, we got a, a three month, you know, linear periodization plan here or whatever, and we're just going to follow it. Um, 
Well, in, you know, if you're in a setting where you don't have to do that, we don't have to plan out three months at a time, like let's take measurements along the way and figure it out, you know, figure out what we should do. Maybe we shouldn't just, um, try to add 50 pounds to everybody's squat, you know, maybe that's not what they all need right now. So yeah, it's, I try to give examples of like, this is what happened here. This is what happened here. Um, and let's not just assume, you know, let's not just assume we know what's going to happen, but be, be critical and be analytical about it. Yes. And I love that. And I love all that you're putting out and you're, you're really helping to drive coaches really to be better, you know, moving forward and to, to have a better look at what we're doing and, and take a step back, Daniel. So I can't thank you enough for that. And I, I can't thank you enough for your time today too, man. This is absolutely awesome stuff. People are going to love it. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm, I'm glad I got to share and boy, I feel like <laughs> there's so much more to talk about, but yeah, we got uh, limited time here. So uh, it was fun though. Yeah, man. Well, listen, appreciate your time and we'll be in touch real soon, brother. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, man. And a huge thanks to Daniel back for spending the time with us today, guys, you know, open, honest, candid sharing a guy sharing literally exactly what he was doing, what he's done, what he's seen and how athletes have been getting better under his watch. I cannot thank Daniel enough for, for his open, honest, and candid sharing with us today. And guys, make sure that you know, you, you're giving Jump Science a follow. That's J-U-M-P underscore science on Instagram because he's putting out some really awesome stuff. And as always, guys, if you did enjoy the talk, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. As always, guys, we're just trying to get the best information out there to all the great coaches that we can. And as always, guys, thank you for everything that you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.